Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> With Andy Hart. That's no, a really interesting point. Andy. This Next microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> no, I think I said that, Andy. And Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal's here. Mr.com on WEI.com. 33-7, Patriots beat the Redskins in a up-and-down type game, I said uh, in my little post afterwards. Some people didn't think that because they won by, you know, a lot of points, but I didn't think it was a that great of a performance. What were your thoughts, uh, Mr. Hart? Well, first, can I take a victory lap for almost nailing the score? Sure. Why not? Well, my six-pack prediction on Friday, 33-9. to nine. Darn it. Whoa, so close. Just missed. Um. I said 31 to 10, so I was pretty close too. Well done. And Thank the you. funny thing is, if they hadn't crapped themselves on a single defensive play, it probably would have been a shutout, uh, another shutout for this season. Um, because all those missed, missed tackles on the 65 yard touchdown, other than that, um, the defense put forth another pretty, pretty darn impressive performance. And I think until things change, that's where we should start each and every week, is on the defensive side. So what happened on that misplay? Do you just look at it as one play like everybody said after the game? Or was this sort of a – maybe is this a problem moving forward? Because they did have some trouble with tackling uh, last week against Buffalo. No, and I, in my thumbs up, thumbs down, I did put tackling as a down just because two weeks in a row, you're right, they've had a few hiccups, let's say, with tackling. I thought on that play in particular, yeah, there were missed tackles. I also thought Kyle Van Oy trailing the play um, just kind of gave up and assumed that – you know, Sims was going to be tackled and he wasn't. And those are the kind of things I, I think that's actually worse than a missed tackle. If people start to assume other people are going to make plays, I think that can snowball into the defense being not as good. Um, but after that and, and all day, Dante Hightower once again showed returning from the shoulder injury that kept him out of the lineup last week, how good he is. He was tackled for a loss early, couple sacks, just all should have had a pick six interception if he could mm-hmm. catch the football. Um, Jamie Collins making plays again. I just thought this was another uh, Jonathan Jones punch out for the fumble. That's one of those, um, you know, Malcolm Butler type feisty plays that change games in, in important games. I mean, it obviously didn't necessarily have to change this game, but the defense is just, I, I don't, I guess fans, I don't know if fans will get sick of it or not get sick of it, but there's not enough good things we can say week to week after these performances. I think these fans, or some fans at least, are waiting for this defense to actually face a real offense. Like this Washington offense, not great at all. No, no running game, not much of a passing game. Don't know who their quarterback is. Probably will change it next week, honestly, with Dwayne Haskins probably taking over, you would imagine, once Gruden gets fired. Um, I don't know. I guess I do you fully – are you fully bought into this defense even though they haven't played, you know, a top-caliber offense yet? Fully bought in. Now, yep. that doesn't mean – 
they're not going to have games where they give up three scores or 20-something points because it's really hard to play the type of defense they're playing right now against bad opponents, never mind when you start to face legitimate offenses and opponents with more weapons, more experience, more talent. Um, but do I think they're a really good defense? Do I think they're one of the best defenses in the NFL? I certainly do because I still think there's guys that can do more. You know, Michael Bennett is a guy that I think everybody sort of talked about. He talked this week about his quote-unquote zero role and not having a huge role in the defense. Got out there a little bit today, but Dietrich Wise got out there a little bit today. Had a couple nice plays, actually. Um, one tackle right at the line of scrimmage, a nice hit on the quarterback. So I, I still think they have other guys that contribute. And remember, each of the last few weeks, there's been a key guy out of the lineup, right? Mm -hmm. You're without Patrick Chung today. Not that I'm saying he makes that tackle on the 65-yard touchdown, yeah. but he could. I mean, he's a sure tackler who's involved in those types of plays. Uh, a week ago, Dante Hightower. And even while losing guys who are former captains, high-level players, key contributors, you're still putting up ridiculous numbers. There's no drop-off week to week without guys like that. So um, I just – it to me, I'm, I I think we nailed this, and I don't mean we, you and I. I mean we as a media core. I know. Members. Yeah, well, I, I know. You nail everything. Um, yeah. But as a media core, we talked about the depth of the defense in the summer and how many bodies at all the levels they could roll out there. And I think you're seeing that. There's, there's limited drop-off when a guy's out of the lineup or a guy's dinged up or maybe a guy doesn't play – all that well, but yeah, the challenges are coming. You know, there's going to be the Dallas Cowboys or, you know, certainly the Kansas City Chiefs is the one you circle, but it's not just them. Even, you know, the Cleveland Browns with the type of weapons they have and the versatility they have on that offense. But is this a really good defense? Yes. I will be stunned if we are at any point talking about, oh, this defense, defense just isn't good. It's non-competitive. It's giving up, you know, 35 points a game over two, three games in a row. I, I just I don't envision that. I don't. I'm with you. I mean, yes, they play bad competition, but they've just been so dominant in these games and have showed how, how stacked they are from top to bottom, from front end to back end, and then even your, you know, guys that are coming in and, you know, playing twenty percent of the snaps, they, a lot of those guys could start for other teams. Like J C Jackson, he's their number three cornerback, number four. He'd probably be a starter for most NFL teams. And that's just not at cornerback too. All their linebackers, I mean, Jawan Bentley today, I think we should mention him. He was making plays for really the first time this season. I think that was nice to see some big hits. And so, yeah, I think, you know, they're they're just loaded. And it doesn't matter who they're playing. They're just a dominant, dominant defense. And it feels like week to week, a guy like Juwan Bentley or a guy like Adam Butler, you know, these guys that are just high-end role players, I guess I'll call them, or rotational guys, are capable of doing more, are capable of – certainly those guys are young players, so you'd expect them to continue – to kind of evolve and become better players. I, I just, I think the sky's the limit on this defense. And, you know, the, the adage is usually, well, barring injury. Well, even this defense, I think, unless you lose, you know, Jamie Collins, Stephon. Even that, Gilmore, they, they should be fine. They'll be fine. They won't be as good because. Stephon Gilmore would be a big hit, I think. Oh, I mean, anytime you lose another one corner, but I don't think yeah, it would be a death blow. Right, but that just speaks to how deep they are. So, yes. But but if you had to pick one player that would sort of see the biggest drop-off if he were to get injured, I think Gilmore is the guy. Yeah, I would say Gilmore, Collins, Hightower, McCordy. McCordy, Devin? Yeah, that would be the group that I would pick from. But unless it's multiples of those, I don't see it becoming a real tragedy or a real massive fall-off. I don't. Now let's get to the other side.
Offense? Yep. Uh, I got a lot of question marks still, even with the second half. You should. The right. offense has not been very good for three-plus weeks they now. Back to the second quarter against the Jets. Yes. That's where it all started. Um, and I think that, you know, I wrote this for the website. To me, the offensive line is the issue. I, everybody else can be better. Like, I think they can all do their job better. There's certainly an issue with the, the ability of guys to win one-on-one battles to get open at receiver, yeah. lack of tight ends, all of that. But all of it is connected to the offensive line not playing very well right now. I think the offensive line is a concern, and I don't know what the answer is. Obviously, they were in Washington, so you know the immediate connection is go trade for Trent Williams. That first-round pick you were offering, offer it up again. Go get Trent Williams. Sure. With what money, though? Well, you'd have to get creative. You're going to have to sign Kyle Van Oye to an extension to lower his cap number and maybe tweak a couple other things. I don't, I don't know how likely that is. I also am not really in huge favor of it if you yep. think that Isaiah Wynn can play. If you think Isaiah Wynn can play, then you just get through this stretch. You figure out a way to get through this stretch and then say, come December, we're going to be a much better offensive line with Wynn at left tackle. But if you have questions there, which, by the way, the original trade report, came in the summer, which means yep. they probably had some questions about Isaiah Wynn at that time, and I don't know how you can feel that much better about Isaiah Wynn after he played, what, a game and a quarter? So you don't buy into the second half where they seem to turn a corner and, and you know, open up some holes for Sony Michelle. You think that was just, you know, playing the Redskins who were defeated at that point, or did they actually find something? Did Scar have, you know, a great locker room speech or something like that? Like, do you think that carries over, or was it a byproduct of playing the Redskins? The Redskins aren't very good. Nope. They were getting beaten soundly at that point. They were starting to get out of hand. They were starting to probably realize, yeah, we tried, but we're not going to win this game. We're going to be 0-5. And they've been on the field a lot defensively because the offense for the Patriots had moved the ball some and was on the field quite a bit. And I think maybe that wore down the Redskins a little bit. So mentally and physically, I think they just kind of faded as the game wore on. Um, I, I'd love to say, yeah, you know, oh, it's all fixed and you know, mm. the protection is going to be better and the holes are going to be bigger for Sony. I, I don't really buy that. Um, I thought Sony Michelle would have a productive day. That's not a great Redskins run defense. They were allowing like 4.7 yards of carry coming in. So I thought he'd have a decent day and it took a little while to get going, but he had a decent day. Um, I'm also not sold. There's a couple of key guys on this offense that I don't think are, um, look overly fast and athletic right now. And the two of those guys I would point to are Josh Gordon and Sony Michelle. I think they look meh. Just meh. But that's that was always Sony's game last year. Like, when did you actually think that he... Last year. Two years ago when I watched him at Georgia, he looked like an explosive right. football player. And I thought maybe, just maybe, a year into the NFL, the knee, figure it out, whatever the knee issue was in August a year ago or during the season or even this offseason, figure it out. I'm starting to think Sony Michelle is just not explosive anymore and may not be explosive anymore in, in the NFL. Do you think it's a lingering knee thing? Like it's not just who he is, like it's a health thing? Well, why was he so explosive in college and he lost that explosive ability? I mean, it factors in. Like he had that thing all all offseason. He right. wasn't around in the spring. He missed, I think, a little bit of training camp. Yep. So, yeah, it's been something he's been dealing with since high, since high school. So, yeah, that's that's part of it, sure. Sooner or later, I think you keep dealing with knee injuries. You're not as quick and athletic and explosive. That sort of could be why they drafted Damon Harris. And yet, don't ever do anything. Oh, he's not. Inactive. Yeah, why didn't he play today? Um, I'm just going to shake my head and, I don't know, shrug my shoulders. I know it makes for great podcast, but uh, I have no idea. I, I've told you since the summer something smells funny. 
with Damian. But like Hall. today they didn't have Rex Burkhead. Like they went with Brandon Bolden over him. Yeah, but last time when James White had his baby, Harris was active but did nothing. So it's really irrelevant whether you're active and do nothing right. or inactive and do nothing. Either way, you're doing nothing, right? So yeah. I, I don't have an answer. Um, I, I, I just don't. But I've told you for what are we going on? Three months now, two and a half months. That oh, yeah. something smells funny in the Damian Harris camp. And you all right, Josh, weren't you supposed to look into that? Uh, I'll save it for next week. Okay, good. See what I can do. Uh, Josh Gordon, sort of the same thing from you. Doesn't have explosiveness. Um, they seem to get him the ball a little bit more on those like short passes just to try to get him involved. But you're right, he's not. He's not making plays that you thought that he might be making, and I think we're getting into a phase where you're over-relying on Julian Edelman and James White, and that could become problematic, you know, say later in the year if one of them were to get severely hurt because Edelman's clearly not 100%, and you've got to give him a lot of credit just for being out there and playing and taking the hits like he did. I think Julian Edelman would be my offensive player of the game, not only for the production, but for the fact that I do think he is in pain out there Lord only knows what they're doing to get him to the game field, whether that's shots or medications or tape or everything day or all of the above or whatever. Um, so I think he was really impressive. What was it? Eight catches on nine targets. He just had yeah. one real ugly drop. Um, he, he was really good today and he needs to be good because right now he's the passing game. Philip Dorsett leaves with a hamstring injury. Now, apparently it's not going to be a huge issue, but, what That's early, though. I mean, you never know with hamstrings. Like, it's yeah, the early indications are that he's going to be okay, but you don't know until he gets back out on the field and starts running again. So, yeah, it's good that it's not major, but you never know with hamstrings. Plus, I've been down on him the last few weeks anyway. He and Gordon are in the same camp for me. They 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 don't seem to have the ability to step up when you need to lean on him. Gordon today, wide open down the middle on a post. Tom Brady, does he overthrow him or? Is Josh Gordon not that fast anymore and can't? Doesn't no longer has the ability to go get the football. I don't know. He looked bad to me, and of course, what did he do right after? Tap the old head. I need to come out. Came he, back in though the next play though. Oh, that's big of him. So he's in every other play kind of guy. Well, I mean, you you can't you know you see these other guys running down the field like that. They tap out too. So it's not just him. I'm just fixated on him being gassed, out of shape, and ineffective. All right. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Um, do you see them making a move at the position between now and October? Whatever the yeah. deadline is. Yeah. Yes? Give me some I, names. I don't have names. I think it's going to be disappointing to fans. I don't think it's going to be Stefan Diggs or Emmanuel Sanders. Now, there was a report we should mention. Uh, CBS Sports early on Sunday. Jason Lockenfora, who has a I was going to say uh, record. Yeah, what, what do you want to classify his uh, success rate in these? Yeah. He's so a little. Hard. He's a little like I'd say Josh Gordon in terms of Josh Gordon is still capable of a few big plays, but more often than not, you end up with incompletions. I'd say Jason Lockenfora is the Josh Gordon of reporters, but for our purposes, it's fun, so we'll run with it yeah. and say 
Um, he talked about Patriots being very active, laying the foundation for potential trades leading up to the trade deadline, specifically mentioned the Cincinnati Bengals and both A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert, which uh, either or or both would be a nice addition. Um, I don't think they're getting both. No chance with their cap space. Well, you never know. Okay. You can move things around. Creative. Sure. They have people like the Patriots, Ernie Adams, Richard Miller, those guys. They'll get there. I got a pencil right here. I'm going to sharpen it up, and I'm going to do some math, and they'll find a way if they need to. Um, Let me ask you a question. Would you trade a first-round pick for A.J. Green? No. Would you trade a a first-round pick for A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert? Forget the cap. Yes. Me too. So you got both, yes. But for one of them, no. They both have too many injury concerns. You don't even know what's going to happen with A.J. Green when he comes back. It seems like his timetable gets pushed back and back and back, and that's not good. And, yeah, he's a nice player, but, like, you don't really know how he's going to mesh with Tom Brady. That's a, that's sort of the outlier with all this. Do you want to give up, you know, big assets for the future when you don't really know what's going to happen? And, you know, is A.J. Green, what do you, you know, drastically change the offense? You like to think, but you don't really know for sure. So I don't think it's worth giving up, you know, that big of a draft pick for a guy that you don't know for sure. You know, just given the track record with new guys and Brady. Well, at least he's a veteran. We know Tom wants to work with veterans, not young players. AJ Green's a veteran. What does he want to work with, though? Like, he's sort of – who's he calling out? Who's he talking about when he talks about, you know, young receivers or younger players and needing to to get more from our veteran offensive players? Like, it just seems like he's, you know, going all over the place, basically calling out the entire offense without naming anybody. Because he's sulking. Yeah, I I would agree. He's sulking. In the post-Antonio Brown world, which I find is so funny, because I'm watching Red Zone a little bit today or one of the pregame shows, I forget, and they're talking about the Steelers who are still in the post-AB era, and I'm thinking three different teams are in the post-AB era, the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Patriots, and we're only five games into the season. It's it's remarkable the the wake he left behind him of just pure destruction. Um, But I think Brady's sulking. I don't. Who he's talking to in particular, I don't know if it's an individual. I don't know if it's Bill Belichick saying, listen, we're not going to win with Jacoby Myers. I, you need to go get me something. You ruined – you and you and Mr. Kraft ruined AB. You got to go find me something else. I don't know exactly who he's talking to. Or maybe he's calling out Josh Gordon to do more. Could be Josh Gordon. could be Matt Lacoste. It could be Ryan Izzo. It, it could be Shaq Mason. If he's calling out Matt Lacoste, then he's being a bully. So Matt <laughs> Lacoste is who he is. Well, they didn't replace Rob Warnkowski. Just go back and listen to the Jim Gray interview last week. So, so that's calling out Bill. That's not calling out Matt Lacoste. And by the way, we should tie in. Benjamin Watson not added to the active roster on Saturday, was not with the team this weekend, and there are some rumblings or mumblings or fumblings that maybe he's not joining the team. Maybe he's just going to be released on Monday rather than activated when his roster exemption ends. That's where things are trending and sort of a big shift. Last week at this time, we were talking about, you know, the potential for him to change the offense a little bit and, you know, help out the lack of production at tight end. And now it seems like you're going to be stuck with Ryan Izzo and Matt Lacoste for the rest of the season. Ryan Izzo had a touchdown. Yeah. So the tight ends have now seven catches on the season in five games. Well, they should have at least eight because Lacoste had a hideous problem. Not good, and they're just sort of – I don't know. To me, I sort of thought a little bit about this, that they were trying to get these tight ends involved as much as they could in this game to try to see if they could you know, rely on them for the rest of the season without Benjamin Watson. And it's just – I don't know if you agree with these rumblings and all that, that it's, if he's not active for today's game, 
he's really not going to be active at all this season. Like if he's, you know, he was away for four weeks. The team clearly missed him. And if he's not active in his first game back, what does that say for his future? To me, it's he's not part of it. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I think everybody assumed he'd be out there Wednesday for practice. He wasn't. And I think everybody assumed he'd be on the field in Washington. He wasn't. So I don't know how you can just continue to assume that there's not something weird going on and that he's just going to join the team. So, yeah, it won't stun me if he does not join the team and if he goes back into retirement or who knows, maybe he ends up on another team if they release him. I don't know. Right. Um, um, we should mention, I thought early in the game, not only did they target the tight ends, they targeted Sony Michelle. He got three catches today. In the past of the game, yep. So it's almost like they've decided. And the opposite, too. James White had a lot of carries, too, out of the shotgun. Well, I, and, and I think what has happened is they've decided we're not good enough in some areas to just execute and make plays, Gordon, Dorsett, some of those things, so that maybe they're saying, we really got to break our trends. We really got to find a way. Oh, we got to throw to the tight end. We got to throw to Sony Michelle. We got to be a little less predictable because it's okay to be predictable when you're good. You know, down the stretch last year, okay, we're going to run the same play again. We're going to line up in the eye behind. We're just going to run it at you. Run behind James. Well, now you can't do that. So now you got to be more creative. And I think maybe they're taking steps in that direction or took some small steps in that direction on Sunday. Uh, question: If you were to trade for one position, wide receiver or tight end? Who you who you trading for? Which position? Well, I've been asked this question a lot. Ha, ha, ha. Well, um, well, must be a good question. Uh, I don't know. Could just be cliche, and you all you group thinkers think alike. Um, I'd go tight end, but it would be yeah. to get a good tight end to get, um, you know, a, a guy who can catch and block. I'm not looking to get um, just a run of the mill tight end. Obviously, the answer is the best player. If I can get the yeah. best receiver, I'll take the best receiver. I can get the best tight end. I, I think they have to – to me, the easiest thing is to wait for Isaiah Wynn to come back at left tackle. If they believe Isaiah Wynn is a, is a true NFL high-end or more than competitive left tackle, that's your solution on the offensive line. Don't dedicate a resource because then if you go get – say you go get Trent Williams, well, when Isaiah Wynn's healthy, what's Isaiah Wynn? Just a backup? Right. right. Or do you somehow move somebody into center and he plays guard? No, and Scar is big on continuity, so I don't think you're going to be seeing a total shift in things. Right. So I think you just try to work through it here with Newhouse till you get to Isaiah Wynn later in the season. Hopefully he comes back from IR. So if you're going to use your resources to go get anything, I'd be looking at going and getting either a tight end or a receiver. I think if you could find a tight end that can also block, you know, not Rob Gronkowski, but a a tight end that can block because those tight ends have been bad blocking as they have been useless catching the ball, that would be my first target. But – if I can get A.J. Green for the right price, I'll go get A.J. Green. If I can get Stephon Diggs for the right price, I do think they need to add a weapon. And, you know, it, I wrote my column about the offensive line is sort of the root of all issues, but everybody's job gets easier if you have better talent on the field that can just flat out get open and Brady can throw it on, you know, a, a one-and-a-half count to whoever that is. You you talked about Isaiah Wynn coming off injured reserve. There's another wide receiver on injured reserve, Nikhil Harry. Obviously, a little bit different circumstance given that he hasn't really done much on the field. And from what we've seen, it hasn't been great. But he's still there. So do you factor that into if you're going to trade for a receiver or not? Is it distracting when I nod my head and shake my head when you're talking? No, because it makes it seem like I'm making a good point. <laughs> um, how, Based on what we've seen from Nikhil Harry and based on what Tom Brady has said and based on the fact that he's coming back midway through the season or the latter part of the season, how could you possibly 
feel good about relying on him as like a top, let's say top three option in the passing game. I don't, I don't see how you could. I'm not Me saying neither. you can't. I'm not saying totally eliminate it, but I don't know how you could feel good about it from what we've seen and what Brady has said and everything. Now, I thought it was good. I, I wrote a column, I think, when he went on IR about, you know, the idea that his head was spinning, like he, he seemed yep. a little lost. Maybe this was good. Maybe just like step back, take a breath, learn the playbook, then kind of ease back in. The trouble is, feels like people are now counting on him to come back and inject something into the offense. Right. Well, if you can't count on Josh Gordon to inject anything, and you can't count on Philip Dorsett to inject anything, even though he's a first-round pick, I think it's a little unfair to expect Nikhil Harry to just ride in on that big white horse and be the savior for the offense. Well, especially when he hasn't been on the practice field. He's right. you know, been able to be in meetings, but he can't you know participate in practice. So the team has installed so much stuff on offense, and if he already had problems learning the playbook at the beginning, they're you know, five, ten steps ahead of where they were back then. So yes. he's got a lot of catching up to do. So like like you said, it's tough to count on. Would be nice to have him come back and contribute, obviously, but you just can't rely on a rookie. And you're right, the expectations are sort of unfair um, for the rookie. So we're beating around the bush in a lot of ways here. Simple question, five weeks in. It's a meaningless question with a meaningless answer, but is this Patriots team, as currently constituted, do you think they're going to the Super Bowl? Yes. Do you think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No. Okay. I have no, I have no like, reasons behind that. Um, I think that we can all agree that it's between them and the Chiefs and the AFC, and the defense is legit. And the offense right now, I don't think is good enough to beat the Chiefs in advance of the Super Bowl. But I have confidence that they will be able to figure out what they can do well. Joshua Daniels, Tom Brady, everyone else can figure out you know ways to score points. They have sort of enough talented players. They can find ways to get the most out of Josh Gordon. They can find ways to get the most out of Stony Michelle. And so I, I guess I'm putting you know a lot of blind faith in the coaching staff to get more out of the offense than what they have given. You, same, same question to you. What do you think? I'm sorry. I'm still laughing. You said, I think they sort of have enough good players. Yeah. <laughs> you made me laugh. Um, if I had to say right now, I'd say no. Um, no to the I, Super Bowl? Yeah, I just – it's a long ways away, and that's why this is such a meaningless question, right. a meaningless answer. We get in these um, ups and downs. It's sort of like in training camp where we freak out over like two days and are, oh, Maurice Harris is catching the ball great. He's going to be – Oh, he's going to catch 100 balls for this team. Damian Harris is going to have more yards than Sony Michelle. Right. So, like, we get caught up in the immediacy and the uh, recency bias, I guess they call it now. But this is now, like, three weeks in a row. I don't think the offense looks very good. And we fixate on the defense playing meh talent. Well, the Jets' defense isn't great. And the Redskins' defense isn't great. The Bills' defense is really good. Oh, they're legit. So, they showed it again today. I, yeah. I, no, if I, I just – they don't feel like they're good enough right now on offense to me, and I think it's really hard to win just defensive football, defensive football. It, that's almost unfair to those guys in this era yep. of modern football to lean on them as heavily as they are leaning on them now. Now, they're great. I mean, one first down allowed on third down conversions today and 11 chances. That's after they shut out the Jets. Two weeks, three weeks ago. Right. I mean, that's ridiculous. You allow one conversion on third down in two two separate games combined to get like unreal numbers. They're putting up points. They're on you know record pace. That the bottom's going to fall out of that. It's just too much. You're just leaning on them too much. 
Um, so yeah, if you made me pick right now, I'd say they're not. I'd say they're an AFC championship game type team. Maybe even losing the divisional round. It wouldn't stun me if they get up the way they're playing now. I can't see that. Why? Because the AFC is so bad. We did our power rankings last week, and you know how bad the AFC is? Yeah, but that could change in a hurry. You never know. Sure. Um, Another thing before we go to hit on from the game, the kicker situation, we had another (laughs) uh, missed kick. Mike Nugent missed the extra point first one, did bounce back with two field goals. Uh, Bill was asked about it after the game. Doesn't seem like they're going to move on right now at least, but – I think you said last week you didn't believe that Mike Nugent will last the whole season, uh, and I'm sure today just added to that. Correct, because not only did he miss one, he doinked another one, right? So he almost missed two. Um, So they've now got five missed PATs, four straight weeks. They're used to now scoring to start the game and just only getting six points out of it, not getting that extra point. Um, It's just going to do now. Yeah, I think we can no longer call them extra points in New England. We need to go with the official – point after try because it's not insured in any way it's an actual try where it's like a 50 50 proposition with them um he made the field goals those were important it could have been a much uglier first half if he misses field goals and then who knows what happens redskins get a little extra momentum um is it coup i I don't know enough about coup um whether he's the next guy in line but he is from them i mean they they liked him enough to want to have him around and he's there mike nugent has to see that right Mike Nugent yeah. realizes there's another guy waiting to slide right into my job. They're taking reps on the practice field together. Um, so I still think you might see not just another one after Mike Nugent. Who knows how many kickers you could possibly see this year. But I, it happens everywhere. I was watching the uh, Cowboys-Packers game. A What it was essentially a PAT try field goal missed, right? Like. Yep. There's just bad kickers. And right in the rest of the NFL, I wrote it this week. People in New England were spoiled by Stephen Gutkowski. I, mean, I know people, you know, hated him for the first four weeks of the season, but looking at the round, the rest of the league, that happens every single week, every single year. So this is sort of a, a reality that missed kicks happen, and they're not, like you said, they're they're not extra points. Correct. They're tries, and sometimes when you try, you do well, and sometimes when you try, you fail. But if that first uh, you don't succeed, you try, try again. I like it. That's good. A little right here. Here. A little um, quickly, do you have any initial thoughts on the Thursday night game? Uh, it comes quickly. Uh, I yeah. kind of want Saquon Barkley to play just to add a little life. Don't think he's going to. What? No. I don't think he's going to. Intriguing to see uh, Daniel Dimes against this. Danny new- Dimes. Huh? Danny Dimes. I call him Danielle. It's more proper. Um, against this elite defense. Uh, I have no fear that the Patriots are going to lose. This is another game where I have no fear they're going to lose. Um, although I will say home Thursday night teams have not been the dominant pick that they've been in, in history. Um, it's a little more of a uh, question this year. Now, I, I don't think the Giants are ready to come into Foxborough and pull it off. But um, I will say injury-wise, I'm intrigued. Philip Dorsett hamstring on a Sunday. I don't care whether it's a minor thing or not. Thursday's a quick turnaround. To get back yep. out there and play, Julian Edelman all jacked up on whatever they're injecting him with to get him out there through the pain, and Does he took shoot some guy up that many times so quickly. Took a pounding. I have my questions about that. Um, and Patrick Chung, you know, you miss him. Could you miss him again? Quick turnaround. So, you know, there's some health issues there on the short week that I think could be a concern. But the Patriots are the better team. They should win this game at home. Um, but it'll be interesting and. You know, I'd get back to where we started. You're going to lean on the defense to take it to a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback, 
And your offensive line needs to be better. Your offensive line cannot allow Tom Brady to be frustrated like he was last week, to be hit like he was this week. What was it? Four sacks, nine hits. That offensive line, Dante Skarnecki, I wouldn't want to be that group. I think they are in for a uh, a tough week or two as he tries to whip them into shape, if he can. He's a magician. He's done it before with probably lesser talent. Um, he needs to do it again. No off days this week. They'll be in Monday and Tuesday, and so will we. We'll be there Tuesday for recording a podcast for you to probably drop on Wednesday, correct? Damn right. All right. Anything else before we go? Uh, I just want to end this with a positive. Okay. They're 5-0. and oh. Yeah. That's the reality. We talk about all the questions, and these are yep. high-class um, high problems. You know, when you're in week five and you're pondering, oh, are they only going to go to the AFC title game or are they going to go to the Super Bowl in Miami, you realize how high the bar has been set in New England. But it's also the way we look at it through the Belichickian lens of what could cost you a trip to the Super Bowl, what could cost you a trip to the AFC title game for the first time in nine years. And I think the kicker, Bears watching, because sooner or later missed kicks in close games will cost you. But most importantly, it's what I wrote on the website. Go read it on weei.com. It's all going to be on the line. Sooner or later, this line needs needs to get in in shape and figure things out, or we're going to be looking back and saying, that was the fatal flaw. That's what cost them. All right. Check up all of our stuff, weei.com. Lots of stuff up there today. More added tomorrow. You'll be on with Mutt tomorrow night. Yep. And and lots of stuff coming up before the game on Thursday, and then sort of a mini-buy. Follow us at OffDayPod on Twitter, at OffDayPod iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, I don't know, all those various Google Play things, subscribe. And our boss wants you to make sure you also leave a review, a five-star review. If you love us, if you hate us, leave a five-star review and then tell us in the text that you hate us. But either way, leave a review, help us. Our boss wants that stuff. And, uh, you know, that's it. Have a nice week. Peace out. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.